This is the Cascade Hiker Podcast. Find us over at CascadeHikerPodcast.com. I'm a country boy with the soft side. My heart wanders up north to the hillside. Now I've never met anyone quite as beautiful as you. I'm your host, Rudy Gets It. I'm here to inspire you to get out on the trail. You putting in two-mile hikes, five-mile hikes? Are you still on the couch? Come on, let's go on a backpacking trip. I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. Right on next on the Cascade Hiker Podcast, what's your name and where are you from? Hey, this is Area's owner coming from Southern Oregon, the town of Ashland. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, this episode, I want to talk about the Siskiyou Peaks Trail. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, where it starts, where it ends, and how you came up with this? Well, the Siskiyou Peaks Trail starts right in my backyard. <laughs> so if you're going <laughs> to hike on it, you better stop by. Um, <laughs> But it would have started here anyway, even if I didn't live here. Uh, Ashland, Oregon, the, the Siskiyou, Siskiyou uh, Crest, which is the feature that is is basically backdropping the town of Ashland. It's what you see when you're driving by on I-5. It's, it's those snowy peaks in the distance. Um, it's a very special place. There's been a lot of, I wouldn't say neglect, but I would just say underappreciation when it comes to the epic adventures that can be had out here. And I'm a believer that if, if nobody shows up, the, then the places just become overgrown, they become overrun. And if people use it, but they use it with a sense of consciousness, then, then the place can be accessible. You know, the place will be friendly when you do go visit it. And, you know, we're not trying to overcrowd or, you know, tell everybody to go to the same place. But, but at the same time, there, there are already these places that, you know, our forefathers have built, you know, they've made these trails to get to these places. They found these routes and they put in their time and energy. And if, if nobody shows up to, to hike the trails that they built, they're just going to go to waste, you know? And, um, I, I just see that. And so I put together a little route to honor some of these trails, try to get some traffic on some of these trails and in between, you know, why not, why not hit the highest peak in, in, in a wilderness area? And, uh, this is called wilderness high pointing, uh, there's not a real popularity. If you hashtag wilderness high points on, on Instagram, you're not going to find a whole lot other than probably the Siskiyou peaks trail. But I think that wilderness high point is a, is a worthy destination. It's a great goal. It's a good challenge. If anything, when you're authoring a trail, what you're really doing is you're issuing a challenge. And so, you know, yeah, bring it on. Uh, Siskiyou Peaks Trail visits the highest peak in seven different wilderness areas. These wilderness areas uh, are along the Siskiyou Mountains, but they're also in Siskiyou County. So uh, Mount Shasta, which is where the trail ends, that is the uh, final peak. And that is the highest point, not only in the Mount Shasta Wilderness, but it's the highest peak in Siskiyou County. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with Mount Shasta, but between Ashland and Shasta, there's a lot of other places that you're probably not familiar with, even if you did hike the PCT, because it doesn't use the PCT a whole lot. It's a completely different adventure, even if you did hike the Bigfoot Trail, because it's a, a totally different adventure. It doesn't share a lot of miles with the Bigfoot. And so, but I think if you did hike all three trails, the Bigfoot and the Siskiyou Peaks, and did the PCT through the Siskiyou, oh man, that would be 
ultimate adventure. And then you would, you would be a Cisco native at that point. You would have been to all of the best stuff. Well, that's describing you, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, essentially I haven't done the Bigfoot. Um, you know, I, I guess like a lot of people, I've heard the nightmare stories about the brush. I wonder, you know, I just, you know, I know like POD and a lot of people don't like to hike dirt roads, but I would rather hike a dirt road than a proposed trail because a proposed trail usually means bushwhack through the woods. I would rather hike an existing trail and maybe not have it be the proposed trail. You know, like it can be improved in the future and eventually that current existing trail will be rerouted. I think that's a good way to go about it. But, you know, I'm not trying to speak for Bigfoot or anything like that, but I'm saying personally me, when it comes to my trails, there aren't sections of proposed trail. There's only existing trail or there's no trail. Um, more so on the Hot Springs Trail when it comes to the no trail part. Um, we can talk about that later, but um, when it comes to, to the Siskiyou Peaks Trail, some of the summits, there might not be a, a defined trail like what you would think of as far as maintained trail. But the, the routes that I use are the existing climbing routes, the routes that you would find on a post holer or like a summit post or, um, a website or, you know, in, in a typical, um, guidebook for the wilderness area, it, it follows those routes. So there is going to be footprints. There is going to be tracks to follow. And, um, it's not an original route that I'm telling you to hike that nobody has essentially has necessarily hiked before. It's just that nobody has hiked it in a continuous line in the same order as what I'm presenting it in. But all of these trails, um, there's nothing new that I'm building. They're just, uh, existing trails connecting them. Um, it's already ready to go. You can, you can hike. There's no trail work, you know, there's seasonal trail work, but there's no major gaps, what they would call gaps in the trail, uh, at this point. Yeah. Which is a, which is a huge celebration. Yeah. That's a big deal. And, uh, so, so what, what is the major, so like you said, it, it, it possibly uses some of the PCT and some of the uh, Bigfoot trail. Um, what would it use most of then, just like regular trail uh, other than those two, or does it use one of those two more? No, just, uh, I mean, it uses the PCT more as far as the number of times, but a lot of those times are just small little chunks. Um, I'm not sure exactly how many times, maybe uh, half a dozen or a dozen times. Um, and then I'm not exactly familiar with, with the Bigfoot route enough to say how many total miles. It's not very much at all. It may be eight miles, uh, through the clear Creek drainage. I think that's about it. Um, I just shadow it. I'm more, cause I'm more on the Shasta side. Um, but no, it's, it's completely different. Um, you're not going to be thinking that you're on the, the PCT. We're just fortunate that these wilderness houses out here have a lot of trails they have good networks and this is a lesson to learn for you guys because when I first started creating trails to publish them and things like that and try to up my own adventure, I would try to stay away from the horse trails, right? Because the horse trails, you know, all the poop and everything. But after I started publishing the trails and once I started to make the trails like more friendly for people to hike, I actually started using the horse trails more and respecting them more because they're the ones who actually do the trail work. Yeah. Those are the trail. Those are the trails that are actually taken care of. And so it, it, it affects more on the hot springs trail 
and like in Idaho, because in Idaho, I tried to stay away from the horse trails. And then in 2016, I went back and I took all the horse trails. And that trail has had a lot more changes. The The Siskiyou Peaks Trail hasn't ha, hasn't had any changes since the beginning, uh, major changes. It has had some improvements. Um, there are ongoing trail projects in these wilderness areas that aren't doing the trail work in the benefit of Siskiyou Peaks Trail, but they're doing, but it benefits the Siskiyou Peaks Trail because these are the trails that happen to be taken. But it's also important to realize, you know, my motive, I guess, or I'm not, I'm not sure how to say it, but, um, you know, this trail is not a trail that is going to be, you'll hear about after it's already become a national scenic trail. And now you guys can go out and hike it. This trail is that, that would be what I would call a product launch. Okay. A new product has happened. It's a national scenic trail. We're launching it. It's in the news. It's in the advertisements. That would be a product launch. What this is is a uh, it's called a market test. I'm putting it out there in its rough draft form, and then I'm you know getting suggestions and input and feedback and letting people do the journey and seeing if it's something that people even want, you know. Because one thing I don't want is to be one of these trails that has people been fighting for for 30 years and nobody's even hiking it. Right. You know, look at the look at the Condor Trail. No, the, the Condor Trail has been around since the 70s. They've had three people who try to hike it, th- who through hike it. Even the Bigfoot Trail, like even the PNT, for the amount of work that's already been put in the PNT, I'm sure they're getting tons of day hikers and usage, and they can probably count those stats somehow. You know, I don't think it's all about through hiking. Even on my trails, I think maybe six to eight percent of the people who buy my books are going to be through hiking the trail. The other 90 to 94% are just going to be doing weekend hikes and maybe a week long hike. And maybe they'll connect the dots, but they're probably just heading to the high points, you know, the hot springs or the summits. Um, and so I just don't want to, I don't, you know, for me, uh, I'm not, you know, it's a, it's a market test. So it's just feedback is awesome and people love the journey. And then if it, if it's meant to happen, it will happen. And it's not like I'm, I don't, you know, it's just the way that I go about my business. I think this is more of a new entrepreneurial way to do things. I think the old school way was to uh, was to hide the market test, you know, to hide it, to go into the malls of America and pay people eight bucks to take a survey for 45 minutes and get their feedback. And then when you had enough homogeny and acceptance and approval, then you launch the product launch. It's not going to work like that for me. You know, how I do it is just, it's out in the street, it's out in the open, you know, it's online. And, um, and if enough people love it and if it, and if then it'll be a national scenic trail, I don't have to do any work. Right. It's not, not, not that I don't have to do any work. I don't mean it like that, but I don't have to do all of this old school bureaucracy trying to create these new, um, you know, proposed trails instead of just honoring the existing trails. Um, it just saves a lot of work. And then, and then if that work does need to be done, then we can do that when the time comes, but it's not going to be a 30 years and there's only a handful of people who've done the trail, you know, um, at least a hundred people have to hike the trail before it's even, I would think considered 
even worth talking about really. You know what I mean? At this point, everything is just a proposal. Um, what state that proposal's in is going to be ongoing for the next, you know, how long did it take for that PCT to get approved? How long does it take for, I think Ron Strickland was working for 30 years on his trail, but that's going the old school way. See, I think the new school way, you guys could get on board. This thing could flash like, boom, next year, this thing could be out there. You know, like things happen so fast in the modern day. People like that viral, that whole viral kind of thing, you know, it can go from nothing to something like overnight, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm planning on that or predicting that or anything like that, but I'm just saying that, you know, that's a, that's a more organic way than trying to force it force it through the bureaucracy, force it through the advertising, force it through all this legislation. And then people just get what's left with the product. Because see, when a product is designed in that way, the people who are designing the trail is the bureaucrats and all these people who have nothing to do with the actual hiking. You know, my trails are designed by the hikers. Um, the people who go out and they try my trails and they, they hit me back up and they give me messages, they give me feedback. I take their feedback and I apply it to the books. I apply it to the route and the route gets better for the hikers, it's by the hikers. And so when we get about a hundred hikers, you know what I'm saying, that who have hiked it and who have put their input in and who have, we, now we've, we've got that kind of homogeny, you know, the same way that they used to do the old market test, but it's not hidden in the malls of America now, it's, it's on the trails of, of America. Then we'll, real, we'll, we'll have something, you know, because as good as I think it is, it's gonna get even better once, you know, more two cents and more two cents gets added to it. The, the value is just gonna keep going up. Hey, quick little break here. I'm not sure if you're tired of always having to just pick what they have on sale at the big box stores there, but uh, uh, well, let's talk about LuxHikingGear.com, L-U-X-E-Hiking-Gear.com. I mean, this is a company, you go to the website, he's planning on doing some uh, some shows and stuff. I believe he said he's going to be at PCT Days. Uh, anyway, uh, just you know, keep an eye out for Lux Hiking Gear out there and but this is something that uh it's not going to be found in your big box stores uh there there's one person or one one and two person tents there's um you know three and four person tents we've talked about the stoves before <laughs> you can add a stove if you're doing some uh, major camping not not hiking probably but uh you know go over there to luxe-hiking-gear.com check out all the options and remember this is one of the sponsors of the show so uh, just going over there and checking them out is all I'm asking, and you're probably going to see that these TP style tents are are pretty cool, and they're not going to be found, like I say, at these uh, big box stores. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about the trail then to maybe entice people to get out there. So you're talking about uh, 450 miles, basically 448 miles. Um, what are some of the, other than the peaks themselves, what are some of the other things people are going to find in between all that? Because that's what you're talking about is there's some people that may just pick up the books and want to hit these peaks alone. Um, Man, I tell you, yeah. this is where your show, this is where your show specifically comes in because it's not just about the hiking. You know what I mean? You got to get out there and appreciate these birds and appreciate these sounds of nature you got to get out there and, and do some yoga and do some food experiments and do some rafting and do some lake swimming. You know, you got to hit the farmer's market and appreciate these small mountain towns. And, and maybe if you're a pescatarian, do a little fishing, you know, just one permit, 
get you some fishing. I'm not opposed to that. I don't fish myself, but I tell you what, if I was in a survival situation, that's, I would be eating out of the lake before I'd be eating out of the dumpsters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dumpster dive McDonald's if I can go hike five miles and catch a wild fish in a lake. That's just the kind of person I am. It's not about being a vegan or vegetarian. It's just about being real. You know what I mean? Like, what's the alternative? Am I going to dumpster dive some corn dogs from 7-Eleven going through some town? <laughs> I mean, in, in, a, in a place like um, Superior, you know, when you're on the Arizona Trail, that's might what you have to do. Unless if you didn't send a resupply box, the 7-Eleven, that is where you're going to get your resupply. Like, you are going to be eating corn dogs. You'd be lucky if they aren't, you know, if they're not from the dumpster. Um, it's crazy, but you know, you just, you just have to live. Um, the thing that's about the, the Siskiyou peaks trails, there's just a lot of good living out there because there's so much to do besides the hiking. It's really friendly for shorter days. Cause there's a lot of camping, a lot of lakes. Um, I appreciate that. You know, I, I do like trails where you have to kind of do a 20 mile day or something bigger to make it through something like the Hey Duke, where in order to get to that next water, it's a, it's a big day, but at the same time, it's nice to have more of a vacation trail. I, I would say as far as my two trails, the, the even though that you're reaching the highest point in these wilderness areas, this trail is way more of a vacation trail than the Hot Springs Trail. Hot Springs Trail is more of a mission. It's got some more tricky parts to it. It's got a lot more logistics to figure out. This trail's pretty friendly. You could show up without any resupply boxes. You don't need to do any caches. I, I mean, I say that relatively if you know, your, your sense of need to do a resupply cache or, or a resupply box. Um, I can't really speak for, but, um, it is friendly. It's definitely possible, man. There's some really good food. These towns are easy to reach. Um, the longest one I think is maybe 70 miles in between the resupplies. It's, which is not bad, even if you're doing, you know, 15 mile days or something. So I guess you got to go somewhat big. It's not an ADA trail. I, I'm not trying to have a trail. <laughs> You know, I don't, I'm not that it's even up to me, but you know what I mean? These wheelchair trails, <laughs> I love the PCT, man, but the PCT is different nowadays. It's so crazy to have hiked it, but I'm not I'm really dating myself, but going back to 2006 when a trail was a little bit more wild and then when I hike on parts of it nowadays and how, you know, it's funny how you can always tell when you're on the PCT is because there's just a million trekking pole little pegs on the yeah. peg holes on the side of the trail. And then as soon as you get onto a side trail, they're all gone. There's no more trekking poles. And you're like, oh, no, I'm not on the PCT. But no, nah, but I love it. So I think that it's a, a perfect time because the PCT is getting overloved. So they say, and now you need permits and it's getting crazy. And so it's perfect to have these other adventures to kind of spread out the spread out the situation and, and also to offer, um, some different scale. So instead of just only having these long epic adventures, it's nice to have some shorter ones. You know, the Colorado trail is perfect. Can do it in three weeks. And my trail is right on that level. Um, I think it's a very similar. I think if you like the Colorado trail, you're going to like the, the, um, this trail, the Siskiyou peaks trail, um, it's definitely not as hard or as wild as something like the Hay Duke or or the Idaho Centennial Trail. Uh, the Idaho Centennial Trail has a lot of really remote sections, hundred plus mile resupplies in the Frank Church and in the Selway Bitterroot. But um, it's, it's just not that big. The, the the Siskiyou Peaks is more windy. You're never really that far from a road, 
even though these are nice wilderness areas, they're not really that huge and, and they're in weird shape. So even if it might be a uh, 500,000 acres, like the Trinity Alps wilderness, it's, it can be narrow in places. It's not a big square. Um, it's really interesting geologically. If you're a rock nerd or, you know, you like to break out your microscope and things like that, you're going to find so many anomalies and the plant lovers. Oh, there's so many plants, um, backcountry press. They've got a wildflower guide, um, for the Trinity. And it also covers a couple of the other wilderness areas that are in the Siskiyou. So you can get into plant ID. If you're into, uh, food foraging, we got it all. We got mushrooms, we got berries, we got roots, we got greens, and you know, you might find uh, some wild apple trees here and there. It's, I think it's fun for everybody. I think it's a trail also that's uh, going to be known for its good camping, you know, just really good camping sites, which I think the more camping sites that you have, uh, the more friendly it can be even for families, right? Like kids, um, because you guys can take breaks more. You have a place where you can spread out all your things. It's not like you're you know, blocking the whole trail. If you have three or four people and you want to put the blankets out and the kids run around, having these nice campsites is, is crucial for that. And so, um, I think it's a little more hiker. This is my own opinion, of course. Um, but I do think it's a little, it would, it would be a little more hiker family friendly than, than the Colorado trail, maybe, um, just because it is easily accessible and because the terrain is, I haven't done the math, but I, it might not even have as many ups and downs. Colorado Trail had a lot of big ups and downs. Um, the Siskiyou Peak, you pretty much stay high the whole time. What about uh, what about the the water situation? Um, is that an issue on the trail at all? No, nah, super wet. Nine miles is the longest waterless, and that's only because it's behind a fence. It's when you're on the road connecting to the Shasta Wilderness. Um, no, nah, there's uh, over 40 lakes. Uh, I think nine scenic rivers you go along. Uh, wild and scenic rivers; those are designated. Um, lots of water, a lot of springs when you're up. And the thing about the Siskiyou is you get a lot of these mountaintop springs where you're just, just within sight of the summit and the spring is there. And I think those are the most potent ones. I think those are the most powerful ones. Wow. Yeah. Those are cool, man. <laughs> yeah. So that's my thing. Like when I go through and I, and when I through hike the Siskiyou peaks trail, I, as much as possible, try to only drink from the springs and you'll notice in my books, um, I think this is unique to the way that I write my books is that all my water sources are emboldened. and they're really easy to see. And so, you know, I labeled all of those springs in there. Some of them had to give them a little name just to differentiate them. Um, but you, you could pretty much go from spring to spring on the Siskiyou Peaks Trail and, and get through it without still without water caches and things like that. And then if you add in the lakes and the creeks and the towns, yeah, you're, it's, it's, it's what I would consider wet. One of the ones that kind of sticks out mainly because of the picture is uh, is uh, Happy Camp, uh, California. <laughs> with, <laughs> with the Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the mascot. I'm telling you, it's there's a, you're going to run into a Bigfoot hunter. It, it's so funny when, they, when it happens because this is a cliche thing, right? You know, say when you're on a Colorado trail, you're probably going to run into a 14er. So you're going to run into somebody who has a, nothing but a Speedo thong on with a water bottle strapped to their hand, and they're just running to the top. You're going to run into that guy on the Colorado Trail. And on the Siskiyou Peaks Trail, you're going to run into the guy who's camo from head to toe with all kinds of gadgets, like a 100-pound pack on his back with a satellite dish. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
it's going to be interesting. And, and if you, you know, you probably heard the story of the, the Squatch Lips now where they're talking about they heard some some banging or something when they were on the Bigfoot Trail and, you know, the eerie sounds. And, and you'll get that. You'll get some eerie sounds with these owls and these Pine Martin of Fisher and these different animals that are running around. And now we got wolves. I mean, here in the Siskiyou, on the Siskiyou Crest, it's just a little bit east over in the Modoc. Uh, we got the the wolves running around, so they're back. the The ranchers don't like that, but um, you know, it's uh, it's part of life. Yeah. You're not going to get grizzly bears, but there are tons of bears in the uh, Siskiyou Peaks. I wanted to ask you about this, man. Like, you know, a lot of people when they're considering bear canisters, they they're all I hear is them talking about the weight, like how much does it weigh, and it's like, dude, what about the safety factor? Yeah, I, I, am I just missing that conversation? No, I th- I think what I've heard most isn't necessarily um, you know what they weigh. I've actually also heard people um, about the size, like like yeah, not not necessarily the weight, but but like you see a lot of people trying to go so lightweight nowadays that they're mm-hmm. maybe their packs yeah, can't yeah. even fit them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've I've heard that side of it too. Yeah, Bear Vault does make that smaller one. I use one of their small ones, but it's still round. It's still big if you're talking about um, one of those little mini packs. I mean, you could pretty much fit everything in your pack into the bear can when you when you if you only have a day of food. Hopefully, they'll make a, a more smaller one. Maybe even something that you could um, you could kind of stack on top of each other. Maybe take the lid off and then it screw onto another one, so you could have two or three of them and make it longer when you need it. Or something like that, like a telescoping bear can. That would be cool. But um, no, nah, just in the Pacific Northwest, you know, you get a lot of grizzlies and stuff. And and I just want to bring this up because I, I like I like having a bear can, you know, because there's a lot of times where I'm gonna go swimming in the lake, or I'm gonna go over on the summit and go explore over here and there when I'm at my camp, and it just feels it's just more relaxing knowing that my stuff is safe, you know, and. I don't have to run back and wonder where my thing, you know, and everything is good. And, um, it just is more comfortable. I equated almost to wearing pads, you know, I know like same thing, like pads, skateboarding, you know, you're kind of a sucker if you're wearing pads. Right. <laughs> but it's like, but, but, but dude, I'm the one who takes the slams and gets back up. You know what I mean? I'm the one who's going huge and is not holding back because I'm afraid, you know what I mean? And, um, I think the same thing happens with bear cans. So if you're out there and you now you're not comfortable to spend the night here because you don't have a bear can, well, man, you're missing out. You know, now you don't want to do this little side hike because you don't want to put your pack down and stash it so you can hit this little bonus summit. You know, well, you're missing out. You know, and I see all of these things that it outweighs the weight of the bear can because you can get all these other benefits and, and not to mention just the peace of mind. And then, you know, it really does protect these bears because when, you know, we're lucky, 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 lucky in the Siskiyou that we don't have uh, bears that are aggressive and that break into cars and that'll mug you on the side of the trail. And I I believe that that's because they're hunted. All of these wilderness areas, they hunt bears. And you got to be ready for that. You know, wear your bright orange and be aware of the seasons, uh, bow or gun. You might run into some of these hunters out there. They're usually cool. This is, uh, it's not Alabama. This is, you know, Northern California. The hunters are usually pretty, pretty iry. It's, um, but you, you need to be aware, um, of that issue of the bears and your food and how you're going to protect yourself because this, the areas that the Siskiyou Peaks Trail goes through, 
is uh, they say is has the most bears per acre of of uh, I know California, but I think North America of the black bears, you know, per 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 acre. Uh, they're everywhere. I've seen seven, you know, in the same day. Yeah, and I like how you tied in that uh, it's more safer for the bears as well because, I mean, that's a good point that people don't often think about. I carry uh, a rat sack uh, currently, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's uh, it's like kind of like a chain mail um, uh, with, mm. a, with a very heavy-duty um, Velcro at top, so it can't be open mm-hmm. uh, by anything other than fingers. And then... Um, it's got a nice grommet on it, so I could tie it off to a tree. I don't. I don't usually hang it. Um, I usually just tie it down low. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what. That's kind of like the Ursac. Yeah, it's yeah. similar. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, hmm. but, but I don't really trust that either. I mean, no, it's, no, I'm, I'm it, not. It, yeah, it, it sounds great when you're on the couch and you're looking at the numbers <laughs> and everything, but in a real situation, in a real situation, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I have that mentality, you know, I think when you go, when, when you're going to push, you, know, you can push your limits, you know, but I think that you can also go beyond that. And, and one trick that I do to get beyond my limits is to do things like wear pads and to do things like bring a little extra protection because then when I do get into those situations, I'm able to keep continuing to go for it and I don't get hurt. And this doesn't just mean pads and bear can, it can also be your gear. So maybe it's your sleeping bag and your tent. And your backpack. If you've got a chintzy backpack and you've got this feather light sleeping bag that only works if there's no wind and it's not wet, you know, when the situation gets real or you rub up against some brush, things fall apart. And when I was on the PCT, I'll never forget this, man. It was first time up there going through Washington. We're somewhere approaching White Pass. And we just went through the goat rocks. And of course, you know, it's rainy, it's super gnarly. And one of the dudes, there was like five of us, we were, we teamed up uh, to go over through whatever that Sherman glacier, whatever that is just after the goat rocks. And we all had little shelters and this, the fifth dude did not. And it was so cold and so wet. And we were so spent from just having to, you know, at last minute, oh, we need to get on the other side of this glacier, you know having to do that 45 minute frantic right before last light so that you don't get stuck somewhere, you know, before night really sets in. And then he had to keep going because if he would have set up, he was already all wet. He didn't have any real shelter. He would have got hyperthermia. So he had to keep going on into the night and then try to get to white pass and check in at a hotel. How much does a hotel cost? You know, probably more than it just blows me away some you know the priorities with this lightweight and with the the calories even the sacrifice it's um but i think that you can go so much bigger this is how big people go when they don't have a safety envelope when you have a safety envelope and you can go so much bigger i'm just really excited to see where where people take this and what people do because um i think that you know the things that we're seeing with these fkts now is just the beginning it's going to get insane i think this well this year i guarantee you that this year the the 50 day would have been broke on the pct the record but there's so many fire closures that nobody's going to go for it this year because um you know there's too many fire closures yeah and, and but when the pct opens back up and it's 100 percent open and and we can look back on this episode and maybe it'll happen it's not going to happen by then but 
somebody's going to break that, you know, it might not even be a hiker. What we think of as a typical hiker, you know, I think that these adventure sports are starting to combined. These athleticisms are starting to combine and ultra running and, um, it's, it's just an adventure race. You know, you have to have your navigation down. You have to have your camping survival. You got to have your food and your nutrition. You got to have your gear, all these different things you got to have if you want to do these bigger adventures. And that's what separates a weekend trip, you know, from a, from a, a multi-month adventure is, uh, is, is not the amount of time, but it's, it's what you can endure through. You know, on a weekend adventure, something happens, you can bail back to the car. You can just go home, turn around. But when you're on these big adventures and you're way out there, it, it, nature doesn't care about your base weight. Nature doesn't care, you know, how many calories you have. Nature cares, you know, how warm you are, how safe you are. You know, nature cares like how, how well rested and how much of an immunity system you have to the cold and to the wind. These are the things that really matter. And so I've never been a calorie counter. I've never been a gram counter, but I have been about pushing the limits and about exploring the potential of what's possible. And um, the manifestation that the Siski Peaks Trail uh, comes out as that when it comes to peak bag and wilderness high points. Uh, epic adventure, probably not going to find another one like it. Uh, it's difficult if you want to do it as a through hike, but if you want to just do it as a weekend hike and take your time, it's a total vacation, family friendly. Um, and that's what I think a real national scenic trail should be is something that's accessible for everybody, right? It should be accessible for day one to day run, you know, hundred miles a day. Hey, let's talk colors. And I'm talking Waymark Gear Company. That's waymarkgearco.com. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of going through a little bit, like if you wanted to pick something off the website, go over there and check this out while we're talking or, or a little bit later, you know, check these uh, backpacks out and see all the different options that you can do. Um, like here I clicked in on the website. I've got the through uh, large XL uh, 42 liter no hip belt starting from 195 bucks. And here's all the colors you can choose for the actual pack itself. You got teal, purple, blue, yellow, white, navy blue, orange. Slate gray. <laughs> that sounds cool. Red. Anyway, those are just the pack. And then you're going to go through once you're done. And you can pick all kinds of other colors for the different pockets and little areas um, throughout the pack. You can also pick the um, strap sizes. And, I mean, it, it, you know, there's just so many things that you can pick from on this pack. that It's going to be your pack. And there's no question that my daughter's is her pack. I mean, she picked every, uh, every, go to, go to my, uh, in fact, I'll put it on, on some of these show notes so you guys can see it right away and see how many pick, uh, different colors she picked. Go over to waymarkgearco.com. <laughs> yeah, well, and the, the 40 lakes are on top of that too. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool for, for a 448 mile trail to have 40, uh, lakes that it goes by. I mean, that's, that's key right there too. So, yeah, I mean, you can skip some of those if you want. You know, some of them are a little out and back. They may have a little, you know, half moon that goes over to access the lake. Those are just within, you know, 0.3 or 0.5 miles of the main corridor or the trail. So there's no excuse not to get wet, not to take a swim. What I always like to do, you know, I've done the Siski Peaks Trail twice at this point, and I like to take the dip after the summit. Every time you come down from a summit, there's always a lake. 
And to take that post-summit dip is one of the most glorious things during a thru-hike uh, that I've experienced personally. It's um, It never gets old to me. And yeah, I can't wait to do it again and see what you guys come up with with your shots. I think drones are going to hit the trail this year. What do you think? Like Drones are going to hit the trail big time. We're going to see a lot more aerial nature. I'm excited about it, actually. I know people might be anti-drone, but um, hey, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to open up new creativity, new ways to express. It's going to open up a new possibility for places that we can go explore. You know, a guy can be out there and get a little get a little view of what's ahead and maybe make a better decision, you know, about his day. I think at this point with drones, um, the, the person still has to be out there. It's not like they're going to be flying the drone from Seattle all the yeah, way in, you know? So, uh, that's the one thing that where I wouldn't mind it if they were legal. Um, because yeah, you I mean, you still got to get out there. That person's still on their adventure too, right? Yeah, but losing one of those things would suck, and then we got all these, you know, lost drones all over the wilderness and things <laughs> like that. That's my biggest fear about getting one myself is that I just have a feeling the first time I actually went out, you know, into a real wilderness situation, I would just lose the drone, and it would that would just really not be cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, but it'd be I like robots it, you know, in the wilderness. Yeah, but I would be I would be so open to working with somebody about getting some drone footage on my trails. If if somebody hears this and they're into that and they you know want to want to network on something like that, because it, it it really is inspiring, you know. And and inspiration is a big part of publishing. You know, it's like um, I get so many testimonials of people who may may not ever even hike my trail but just that they're like man this is awesome I, I really wish i could do this just to be able to do that for somebody is amazing you know because that's a hormone therapy now they're stoked instead of being like oh bad news all this and this you know politics blah 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 instead of saying that which is a pretty bad interpretation of the world. Now they're like, yeah, you know, this is awesome. And so just to be able to be to provide that is cool. And then, and then you could take it as far as somebody sweating, somebody getting that physical exercise, somebody actually having that sense of accomplishment of reaching a, a wilderness high point in person. Um, you take it that far, anything in between I'm okay with, you know, um, like I said, I think only about, you know, 10 to 10 to 6% of the people are going to be actually through hiking the trail, trying to hike every inch of it. Yeah, that's just for the hardcores. Yeah, well, which I which I'm one. I was gonna say, man, <laughs> you're label, labeling yourself again. <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. Right on, man. Well, thanks for talking about the Siskiyou Peaks Trail today. Cool, my pleasure. Thanks, Rudy. All right, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the Patreon page. Find me at Patreon.com/slash Cascade Hiker Podcast. Also, hit me up uh, with an email, Rudy. CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter. Find me at in underscore Cascade Hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here. Tall Grass. Off their album, Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at ReverbNation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine I could feel you coming on strong Could never be wrong, could never be wrong See her laying down in the tall grass Playing mandolin in a white dress So come running when I hear that song It could never be wrong, it could never be wrong 
Where you wanna run, baby, I'll run too I would leave 